0: Welcome to the Coffee with Soul podcast with the Soul Diva. My mission is for women to love themselves fiercely, live soulfully, while reclaiming their worth and self-expression. I am joined by guests for a variety of free-flowing conversations, everything from living in alignment to self-love, transformation, embodiment. So grab your cuppa for the latest soulful conversation. I'm joined by the awesome Katie Lipman. She's gone by many titles since the time I first (laughs) uh, connected with her but is now a massage therapist and a somatic coach. Yeah. Katie, lovely to have you here. Thanks, Jordan. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to, uh, to sit with you and see where we go. Awesome. Well, I guess the first question is, given that you know, there have been a flow of changes, um, how have you got to this point? Being the, the massage therapist, somatic coach.
1: So, massage therapist has been for fifteen years. So that's not new by any means. I started that um, in two thousand eight. That's been my primary focus. That's sort of been the the steady. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the thing that I've never kind of let go of, even though I've been through lots of different um, places in my business and my work. Coaching came a little bit after that. Realizing I was already doing that with my clients anyway. Naturally, it just I was doing that with friends. I was doing that with clients. I was just doing it because it's in me to do. Um, and so I made that official in 2016. I became a certified coach. And at first I was helping women like yourself, like um, do soulful businesses and write books and podcasts and things like that, um, which was awesome. I, I, I loved it. And I made quite a platform for myself. Um, and then over the over the last, I would say, four years, I went through a lot of things um, with my own experience as a person, you know, like deepening into um, traumas, essentially, right, like having the opportunity, <laughs> I call it an opportunity to uncover different traumas inside of myself. And I, I realized that my work in the world is is way, way deeper um, than Not that it's not okay to help people with their businesses and, and the fun light side of life. But I realized that there's a medicine in me that holds a deeper space for people. And I found that it was happening anyway. Um, When I was working with clients, they'd come to me and they'd say, I want to make money in my business and I want a soulful business like you have. And then two sessions in, they'd be like, I want to leave my marriage. You know, 25-year marriage, I want out. It's That's what's really creating my misery and, and my trauma. And, and so we would end up doing this deep, deep work that was so much more than just abundance and business. And so, um, yeah, I the somatic coach piece started within the last year for me because I took a, a deeper training um, that I've been enrolled in for the last 10, 11 months now working um, on learning about soMA and how that connects to um, our journeys and uh, our own you know traumas and things like that and so yeah I I kind of um, that's how I got here really um,
0: yeah I was gonna say that you know for anyone that knows me and has heard either heard me in videos or my posts they know. That I talk about the importance of embodiment alongside mm-hmm. mindset around trauma, that yeah. it's not just in the mind, and and that for me personally, doing that just the mindset work, just the belief work, isn't enough. It there has to be that body level.
1: I agree, and I think being a massage therapist, I've got the blessing of seeing that on a different level. Mm. Um, because I get, I see how things are held in the body as well. So I'm so grateful for having that as my baseline, like being able to watch people from, from a physical level as well. Um, I found that when I was working with people around mindset, um, you know, reciting affirmations and things like that, it would work for a time, you know, it would work. And the same with me, like in my own personal work, it works for a time, (laughs) Um, and it did. I mean, I had three to four months of business growth that was exponential, like it was crazy what affirmations and mindset did for me on a business level. And there's no doubting that it works. But life has a way of getting you to look past that. And I think especially now in the in the climate of our world and what we're going through as a collective like society, I think that stuff is still nice, but it's not enough
0: and i i think it's that bit like you said the mindset stuff works and i'm definitely not knocking it but it doesn't necessarily address all of that stuff that we're holding on yeah um and i think it's when we need to start looking into the body looking at where we're holding things what's triggers the beliefs you know what is that feeling what is that emotion it might not be a conscious memory it might not be that that conscious moment and it's starting to do that connection yeah
1: yeah it's powerful work it really is Mm. what I've learned over the last 12 months about this stuff is just like it blows my mind how quickly I did I actually did it with myself before we started the call um okay and I wrote it down because I wanted to kind of show like how powerful it is. Right. And so, so for me personally, like I've always had anxiety, yeah. always since I was two, I can remember having anxiety attack when I was two, I can. And so I've always had it. I've always dealt with it. Um, you know, done different things to, to work on it. You know, there's only so many affirmations that can deal with something like that, right? Like telling yourself yeah. you're not anxious for anybody that has anxiety how well does that work? Not very, right? If you're sitting there having a panic attack saying, I am calm, I am fine, it doesn't work really for most people. And so right before the call, um, naturally, like anything to do with performance for me, I'm like like an average person, I get nervous. You know, I get get, um, scared that I'm gonna have like an anxiety attack on camera, what if, you know? And so I was like, let's do some SOMA work. I literally did this 15 minutes before the call. And so I wrote down, you know, just connecting to the energy of the anxiety and asking myself, what is this? And so what came through for me was this like shaky, unsteady feeling in my body, right? So it starts with a feeling of shaky unsteadiness. For me, I feel it in my head and I feel, you know, kind of detached from my body and, and it's in my stomach and there's all these feelings. And so what I do with clients and what I did with myself is I ask that energy, first of all, I get into the energy, like, what does it feel like? And so I wrote down, it feels like there's movement, there's a buzzing, there's an erratic sensation. And then I ask if it had a movement, what would it be? And so I go into that movement and then I say, if it has a voice, what would it say? And it said, well, there were some swear words in there, but it said, let me be seen, let me be seen and i kept going with it and i got to stop trying to contain me let me out right i deserve to be seen i don't deserve to be hidden right so this is what this voice this energy is saying to me and so what starts as anxiety now has a voice and is telling me exactly what the it needs from me right so instead of me sitting here Oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to have an anxiety attack. I'm going to, you know, which I might, I very, well, might, mixing my words up here, have an anxiety attack on camera. That could happen. But instead of sitting in that and letting that overtake me, I get to know it. And now I understand that it's a force, it's an energy in me that is wanting to be seen. And if I go back into my life, like the history of my life, um, without getting into a lot of detail, that's been my pattern from different cultural um religious conditioning things like that that have wanted me to be hidden right you don't deserve to be seen you're something to be shamed of i i'm my my family heritage is jewish right so in my dna right you can call it your dna you can call it your conditioning whatever your you know whatever is comfy for you um, there is a voice in me that tells me i need to stay hidden You know, if you go deep, deep, deep into that, if you don't stay hidden as a Jew, then you die, right? You get my my thing. So there's this force in me that's like, stay hidden. You're something to be ashamed of. You are dirty. You are this, you are that. And so my life, uh, my teacher, David, calls it the life project, right? That comes out of your trauma. So your trauma and your story It's not about healing it. This is what he was saying yesterday on our calls, beautiful, it's not about healing it, it's about um, finding out how that becomes your life project. And so just in these, and the reason I'm sharing this is because it happened just before the call, right? In those seven minutes of sitting and doing this somatic process, I've written down here, I deserve to be seen, I deserve to be me, I'm not something to be shamed or hidden. So you get my anxiety saying this, right? Yeah. The me that wants to hide the fact that I have anxiety and I don't want the world or your audience to see me having a panic attack on your call is so much more than that. It's a, it's a voice that's saying, be weird, like be different, be real. Yeah. And if you go into that into and, and you've known me for quite some time, you know, my life project is about real. You know that. Right. Absolutely. And those so of you who are watching that maybe you already know me. Um, it's all about being real for me and helping people be real and authentic and showing up and saying, Hey, guess what? I'm having anxiety and just not sitting in the corner and hiding that and letting that, um, stop you from, from living your life project. Right. So that's why the SOMA (laughs) in a roundabout way is so important. And that's what a somatic coach is. And that's what I do in my work. You come to me with what you're feeling. And that's what we do is that process. And I have never not seen that
0: extremely powerful for a client I absolutely love that and and those conversations with parts of ourselves whatever that part is um and I use something similar in my own coaching which is exactly that feeling into the feelings yeah and where is it in the body now speak to that part of the body So subtle difference to yours, which is obviously giving the anxiety a voice in your example. This is, you know, talk to the the part of the body. What's it trying to tell you? Yeah. Um, And yeah, as you were saying, the the speed to be able to get to the core belief or the core situation in those moments that, Yes, you would have got there through doing the, the mindset work. You would have got there. But it would have been the digging, digging, digging. You know, OK, what well, does this thought? What does this belief mean? What's the next layer? What's the next layer? But just yeah, getting from A to B. Yeah. Do you know, as you're talking, what I get, I get analogies a lot. Mm. Um,
1: <laughs> some people say that they're, they're silly, but I, I get them a lot in my work with clients. But as you're speaking, I see it as the difference between Let's say you have a toothache, and there's like a cavity in there, or there's like there's stuff in there needing to be cleaned out. The affirmation and the mindset work um, is similar to like just giving that like uh, an Advil. I'm in Canada, so we say Advil. I guess paracetamol in England. Yes. So I was born bred right <laughs> in England, so I'll try to be English for this call. Um, it's kind of like giving it like a painkiller. Yeah. And it, and it does, it does do what it's got to do, right? Like you're not in pain anymore. You go live your life. You can eat your food until the next day where you take it again. Right. So that's how I see affirmations and mindset work. It works great. Like it it does do what you want it to do. You don't want to be in pain anymore. Does do that for you for sure. But then I see the somatic processing and the process work, like that kind of work being the going to the dentist and having it cleared out, have the cavity cleared out so that you no longer need to keep taking that pill the same way, right? Like it's, it's, it's dealing with the root. Like I think you said it in the beginning, it's dealing with the root cause versus giving it a, um, temporary thing. Now, again, it's not knocking the, that coaching work. It's not knocking mindset work at all. If you can't get to a dentist, you don't have someone to facilitate that for you. Like you need a painkiller, otherwise you're going to suffer. So yes, 100%. Um, you're gonna do that. And also after they've cleared out the tooth, you may still need that painkiller, right? For the work that's been done. So it's not canceling out. It's just, I just, yeah, it goes, it goes deeper. Um, that's, that's how I, I see it,
0: yeah. I, I absolutely agree. And, and also when you were talking before, I was reminded um, when I was working with young people, And especially Mm -hmm. younger children where they don't know what they're feeling Mm. they can't always put their feelings into words and so the process that you start with is where are you feeling in the body yeah does you know is there an image for it what does it look like if it had a color what what might it be you that's the work we would do with children yeah and actually as adults unless we've gone through the process of getting our emotional literacy knowing what our feelings are where we're feeling it why we might be feeling it there's no reason not to do that same process
1: yeah
0: yeah it's another thing that i've I've learned from being a
1: massage therapist is how few people are in their bodies uh, connected to their bodies right so like I said before this is my 15th year of practice as a massage therapist you can imagine I've <laughs> I've touched a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> sounds a little creepy but um and the one thing that I have seen over and over and over again is that disconnect from the physical body this is why massage therapy is also so powerful and why probably I haven't given it up right the amount of times I will say to a person like okay they come in and. The ones that are in pain have an easier time, right? Cause when you're in pain, like you can kind of touch it and say it, it hurts here. Yeah. The people that come in, they know they want massage. They know they want to feel better. They know that they're there for a reason. And I say, so what do you, my first question when they come into my room, even if I've seen them once a week for 10 years, I say, what are you feeling today, right? What is going on for you today? Because I want them in the present moment, right? I want them to connect to now, like what's going on now doesn't matter that you had a headache last week. <laughs> I want to know that as well. That's, that's important information. But I want to know what you feel now. And and people sometimes blank stare at me. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, what do you feel in your body? And I've had people actually say to me, like, I don't know. That's shocking to me. Yeah. Like, I, I'm an ultra, ultra sensitive person, I admit. Like, I can feel, like, subtle like, changes in my body at every moment. So, I mean... Yes, like I'm extra tuned in, but even just to not know how something feels, right? Like someone says, well, my leg hurts. What kind of pain does it feel like? I don't know. And so it becomes really important. If you don't know what it feels like, chances are you also don't know what to do with it, right? Same as this, that process that I shared with you guys, like I had to know that my anxiety was presenting as a shaky, unsteady buzzing. I had to know that in order to connect with it and ask, you know, and I see I'm doing this, this is somatic so work, right? Like this is what it's doing. And then I know, okay, I know what, the, what the, the voice is saying that's connected to that movement. And then I know what sound that would be. And then all of a sudden I'm putting together a sound and a movement, the feeling. Now I know this voice is saying, let me out, let me be seen. And so I, now I know that. And so you you have to be in your body and know what you feel in order to change it or do something with it. And it might even be that you can change it. Sometimes you can't change it, right? But to to know it and to use it, you've gotta be in there. And most people are not,
0: most people are not. No, and I I think, you know, especially when we're starting to talk trauma, but not always, um, the fact that, especially if we've been triggered with something, we might not realize that our brains are going into this automatic process Mm -hmm. and potentially putting our frontal lobe offline. Mm -hmm. So we don't have the rational thought. Again, I'm, you know, thinking, I guess it's very easy for most people to call a a child going through a meltdown to mind. Like we've probably all seen a child having a meltdown. And in that moment, then there is no, there's nothing going on with this. They are, fully in it and feeling it and so many times and I've probably been guilty of this I'm not not saying I haven't but the first question that so many people ask is why why Mm. are you doing what you're doing oh so now we're going into shame right well and we're also we're trying to do something that's here when this isn't online this is gone yeah so they don't know why and even as adults if if we have some of those moments we might not know why we just know that our body feels a particular way yeah it's visceral it's visceral i mean like i've i've i can liken that process to giving
1: birth because i've done that right um that is it's a similar thing like you don't have your brain is not like Mm. processing when you're when you're in that space right and your body kind of just takes over and you are very in it it becomes very primal well in a situation like that we're kind of given a free pass right you're giving birth so of course you're an animal go for it scream express that's okay but it's not okay outside of something like that right like 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 so many so many times we judge children for doing that and i'm sure we would judge an adult for doing that even more you know but it's it's a very visceral thing like your body is is taking over in that moment there's a good reason your brain is shutting down actually you mm-hmm. know um like dissociation things like that like those aren't bad things sometimes you know especially for a person that's overloaded dissociation is actually encouraged yeah. right which is something that we don't hear very often but but that disconnection from the brain to get into the body is often required and i envy kids sometimes i mean I'm able to throw a tantrum like anybody that knows me knows that like I can throw a tantrum and be very much in my body and rage and scream and and whatever but I I think kids I think kids know what they're doing and and I think that that's um that's something we should all have the freedom to do (laughs) disconnect from our brains be in our bodies and let it out you know
0: absolutely absolutely and it's um when I used to do the assessments in, I was going to say A&E, emergency room for everybody on the I other side of then. the pond. I, it, I, <laughs> I know it. you do. <laughs> um, that would quite often be the conversation because again, meditation's brilliant. I meditate. Yeah. But, and this is the but, sometimes we have to be in the space to meditate. Mm. And sometimes we have to clear what's in our body first. 100%. And 100%. so we you know so again it used to be talking to these young people and they're like I'm feeling angry and I'm trying to meditate and I can't sit down and I'm like don't okay. sit down don't, don't sit down <laughs> yeah music dance punch yeah. bag something yeah. to, as, as long as it's yeah. safe as long as you're not hurting anybody not yeah. hurting yourself and not hurting property you know don't throw heavy things at windows um yeah. move and get it out
1: or or yeah, I, I agree. You're
0: not hurting someone, but
1: but rage. What's the problem with rage? Yeah. You know, I have rage. <laughs> I have a lot of rage. Um, but it's only recently in doing the work that I've done. You know, this particular work with with the somatic, the somatic work, the processing. Um, I'm learning from from someone who's teaching. His name is David Bedrick. You should look him up if you don't know. He's amazing. Um, he founded the Institute for Shame-Based Studies, okay? So it's, it's, it's very deep rooted in shame and teaching around shame, okay? And how we carry that. Um, and it's only recently that I've said to myself, yeah, of course you're freaking angry. Like you have anger because of certain stories that are deeply lodged in there through, again, traumas and your DNA and what your family have lived through, right? And learning about that there's a sacred rage within there. And oftentimes, I'm so glad we're getting to this because I really was hoping we would. Um, Subconsciously, I was hoping we would. Anger is one of the things that um, is so shamed, right? But so many of us have so much of it, that what what are we allowed to do with that then? If we're not allowed to show it, and we're not allowed to to express it, especially women, or especially, and now, you know, I don't know how deep you really want to get here, but certain cultures, okay, certain skin colors, certain they are also like a black woman who is raging or a white woman who is raging two different things. Absolutely. Horrible that like that has to be said, but it's completely true, right? Like so and then you're a woman on top of that. Yeah. An angry white man and a black angry woman, now it's like completely a whole different thing. But anger in general and I and I know because you know how you said that you help women express, right? This is your calling. This is your life project: is to help women express themselves. Anger is one of those things that um, that I feel needs m- more freedom. Definitely. Um, and I find that, you know, like I said, I've been in this coaching world now since 2016, but I mean, I would count it from 2008, really. So I've seen a lot of things in the industry. And I've watched the industry grow and change. I was in this industry before Facebook existed, right? Really. And so I've seen a lot of things. And one of the things that upsets me most with it is that what you said about meditation and um, like a a youth or any person that would say to you, I know I should meditate or I know I should calm down, but I I am angry. Mm -hmm. And then the voice that says to them, Let's teach you how to not be angry. Let's teach you how to meditate. Let's teach you how to be um, calm. What, where is the voice? And this is where I feel my life project comes in. Where is the voice that says, let's be angry together? Absolutely. Let's be angry, you know? Absolutely. Um, what does that look like? Let's get to know the anger because it's, it's, it's sacred. Like it's not, um, again, like anybody that's ever come to me with anger there's always something underneath it that is wanting to be heard and seen and expressed and telling anger, we should be meditating. We should be uh, more spiritual than this. We should be, you know, as a woman, we should be more womanly than this. A woman doesn't rage. A woman doesn't stomp her feet and and shout and yell and scream. And so then you have to deal with not only the suppression of of the anger and it gets lodged in your body, but now you've got shame on top of that. And now you think something's wrong with you because you can't sit down and meditate. So the first thing I say to clients like that is we're not going to sit down and meditate, not yet. Anyways, like maybe never, but a person with that much rage and anger needs to be told or not told, but asked what it feels like for them and how they would like to express it. And then we can meditate after, if
0: you want. Yeah. No, I. No. I absolutely agree, and I was—you've taken me back to you know my teenage years, where I admit I was a really angry teen. Mm. I wasn't allowed to be angry. Exactly. Which probably made you angrier, right? Yes. And I would do things that would ultimately hurt me to try and express my anger, um, mm. And then ending up in, so I did security work for a while and, you know, as silly as it sounds, but also probably as unprofessional as it sounds. um, If I was having a really angry night, I was the first one in to be able to throw somebody out the club. Mm -hmm. I felt fine after that (laughs) because I'd been allowed to express I love that. my but, anger you,
1: but jordan that's the life project i'm, I'm talking yeah. about in that moment you were you were needed imagine as your job as a security person you're told that you can't be angry on the job and that person is just like you know taking advantage of the. Like in that moment your anger is required that energy that uh, I mean, and this really is what it's about. It's, it, it's asking what that energy wants to do. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times anger has a job. Anger has a job. And what you said about turning it on yourself is also really important. And you've probably seen this with your clients too. When anger is not allowed to be expressed, sometimes, not all the time, it can turn um, violent towards yourself. Because it has to come out and you've been told it can't be expressed outward. And so people will injure themselves, self-harm, um, throwing things at things to break things because they, they need that outlet, uh, smashing things like, and then what happens is now that person is told they have an anger issue. <laughs> um, a friend said to me something really powerful a while ago, cause I was telling her about this. Uh, with my own anger and how I was being shamed for having anger. And she said to me, "You don't have an anger issue. They have an issue with your anger." And I was like, "Why oh, lying like that? I actually almost put it on my Instagram of the day and it wouldn't load. So there's like a real way <laughs> to go on that topic. But, yeah, you don't have an anger issue. That person has an issue with anger because yeah. they've been told, a whole you know, range of stories about what anger must mean. But if you sit with that person and ask them the valid questions about their anger and let them give them a safe space to actually express it, it has a job. It's, it's waiting to be used, you know? And I, I am glad we went there because working with women especially, um, men are a lot more
0: allowed to be angry than women, you know? Yeah, and, and I think, and I think the other thing as women as well, it's how sometimes our anger comes out because there is that sacred rage, yeah. but there's also, mm-hmm. you know, again, from my time working security, only woman on the team. And I was so angry one night that my anger came out as tears. Yeah. So when we're obviously talking about shame, um, yeah. and I know we're going to move into it a bit more you know, then you end up being the woman on the team who's crying rather than, yeah. instead of being the woman, if I was smacking the wall, like all the guys probably would have done, they'd have probably kind of looked at me, and commented, but that would have been it. But it's because then you have this other layer and it's coming out in a whole different, yeah. they're seeing it differently to actually- You're be- sensitive. You know, you're so sensitive or you're so weak. Right? Yes
1: yeah there's a, and this is what I'm saying how it's not the same for men and women it's not to say that men don't have their own struggles because a man who's, who's who's exhibiting anger and smashes a wall is called abusive yeah not abusive unless they're unless they're hitting you that's abusive yeah hitting a wall is not abuse depends right? what it comes with
0: right but, it, but, but if it's just right. but if it's just expressing anger for expressing anger yes. absolutely
1: if it's, if it's an outlet in that moment yeah. if there's nowhere else to put it because you've told that person that they can't show it yeah. in that moment that's not abuse right because i have a definition of what abuse is and we could talk about that a little bit more but but in, in in simple terms that's on its own yes you're right it matters what's going on around it for sure but that on its own that act on its own is not abuse similarly yeah. to how when a woman cries because she's angry, mm. that in itself is not weakness. That in itself right. is not even sensitivity. That is also release, right? It's an expression. Those two things are just expressions when, when looked at on their own, mm. right? Um, but it, 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 it is trouble, it's, it's, it's troublesome, it's problematic that, that women can't be angry the same way a man can, you're right. And that when showing or exhibiting sensitivities, um, we're judged for that, right? We're shamed for that, we're not strong enough, which is, I just don't think that that's, real. Well, I just don't
0: think that that's
1: true. <laughs> I don't, I don't
0: think that's true. No, and we're also back to this judging and shaming. Yeah. And again, we're back to other people's expectations, other people's sensitivities. The comfort zone of other people and mm-hmm. actually you know quite often a lot of my previous colleagues we would we would work with angry men and some of my colleagues really struggled with that whereas it was like well they but actually there's probably a reason for them being angry or feeling angry 100 yeah and so it's it is starting to look at ourselves when we've got those judgments and we all have them, mm-hmm. but unfortunately where we've had them or well, other people, sorry, should have had them for so long and so many years. And we're back to the conditioning and back to our experiences yeah. that we've then grown up into. so much of our emotion has been shamed so much of being who we are. Yes that's, that's really what it is.
1: yeah, yeah. That's, that's really what it is it's being who we are right we are we're all coming into the game with different backgrounds and, and conditions right yeah um some of us have been taught that it's not safe to be who we are some of mm-hmm. us have been taught that if we're who we are we have stuff to lose um we just don't uh, you know there are there's also people who couldn't be who they are because they just didn't have time to be they didn't have space to be because they were the caregiver in, yeah. in life little kids that are responsible for their parents way before they should be they don't have time to find out who they are and be who they are so then they grow up and they get into relationships with people who need them to just be whoever they want them to be because that's what they're used to right someone like me who's been taught you've got to hide yourself subconsciously I was taught well not even subconsciously outwardly I was told don't tell people you know don't tell people you've got a Jewish last name especially in England when I grew up right that's a condition that tells me I've got to hide who I am and so naturally I'm going to come up against things in my life where I'm constantly pushing against wanting to be seen and not wanting to be seen getting into relationships that don't allow me to be fully seen that have parts of me that need to be hidden you know being with people who just cannot hold my 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 rage, so then I have to hide it, right? Because that's too me. Um, whereas really being with someone who could hold the full me might be scary, right? I, that might like go against what I've been conditioned to know. Someone who's a people pleaser because they didn't have time to figure out who they were and show who they were may grow up to choose people who need them to be everything for them because. Going against that would require them to, to go against what they've been raised to believe, right? I don't know how we got here in, in this conversation, but we're here. Um I can't remember what you said before that that got us here, but it's 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 so, oh, the judgment, right. Yeah. So we we are the judgment thing comes from um conditioning, I I think. Mm however we were we were raised and whatever we were conditioned to believe about the world and the the lens that we see the world through will often dictate how we behave in our lives in our relationships the kind of jobs we choose it's big it's and that's why it's really important to, to go back into that right and and ask the questions like up until a few weeks ago I didn't even acknowledge that that my family heritage is jewish i knew it i didn't acknowledge it though and so all of a sudden everything made sense everything i was like wow no wonder no wonder i walk into a room and the first thing i think is everybody here hates me no wonder i I automatically think that person doesn't want me here doesn't want me in their group right and so you you behave that way I wonder I get into relationships where I can't fully be seen. <laughs> like I don't, I don't want to be fully seen. That's scary, right? So it, it's so important,
0: it's so important. And I think this is why, where you're talking about, you know, even connecting back to that, the somatic coaching, the embodiment, or whatever, which goes against the kind of that more official original definition of coaching which is you know looking yeah. forward and not looking back yeah. but yeah. i think for me there is that bit where you can't look forward without looking back because yeah. everything you are in this present moment is based on exactly yeah who you have been all that Definitely. conditioning that you carry all of your experiences yeah. all of your ancestry you know we're getting to this nice big yeah backpack right now that you're carrying and unless you take a look in there
1: yeah then everything it's, it's so true i i think that the, the typical coaching paradigm is client comes they have a goal they want in their lives yeah. and we help them get that right the problem with that there's there's a couple of things that come to mind sometimes not all the time I'm very careful with how I word things. Sometimes the goals the clients have are not theirs. I, I noticed this in myself and I noticed yeah. this with my clients. They're not their goals. Their goals, either they've been conditioned to want, sometimes their goals are coming from shame, which is thinking something's wrong with them. So they must have this, this, or this. Okay. Mm-hmm. It could be like a parent's goal or it could be anything, but a lot of times it's not what they actually want. And a lot of the time it's temporary, right? A lot of times, like I have coached people into getting things and then losing it. Like they don't, they can't maintain it. They can't keep it. So I can help. I'm sure. For sure. I can help you. I can help you get whatever you want. I'm good at it. I'm really good at it. Um, but I don't know that that's enough, like, in order to live like your fully expressed, fulfilled life to get something that you want, because what happens when you get there and you experience it, you're still the same person, you're still, you still have the backpack with you. Right. So like, you have what you want, but do you do you feel the way you want to feel with it? And this is why a lot of times people say, well, I got, the, I got the relationship, I got the person I wanted. I got the car, I got the the dream house. I still feel unfulfilled. And I was like, that's because you have a backpack full of trauma and shame and whatever else is in there. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like coaching is great. The way I learned to coach was all that very superficial. Like, I mean, when I did my coaching certification years ago, it was all about how to get person from A to B, right? How do we do that? There was not a lot of depth to it. Um, And to be honest with you, I'm not even that much. I'm not very interested in helping people get things anymore. I don't really want to do that work. Um, You probably will get things. That's likely. But I'm more interested in like helping people with what we're talking about. You know, like. the the, Yeah, I think you know what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, it's it the big bit for me is that how do you want to feel you know you can come in and and we can talk about relationship and and where you want to go with the relation your relationship or whatever it might be but actually how do you want that to feel that's what we're working on the side effect is that you end up in that relationship that's the side effect yes but the focus of the work isn't
1: no and and not to sound cliche
0: but it is all
1: about you yes it's being it's it's being in that yourself so that then you can bring it to what you experience right and if we're touching on relationships like so many relationships are based on the that what we just talked about that coaching paradigm of goals Mm -hmm. right you meet a person you get engaged you get married you get a house you have a kid you have another kid you have another one maybe you add a dog right and then and then look look, I have the, the dream, like what society tells me I should have. But you feel like shit. You feel unheard. You feel unseen. You're just trying to please everybody. You're not living. Are you living? I don't know. Maybe, but most of the time, no. And that's, that's what I mean by like, if we just look at our life as a series of goals, Um, I, I don't, for me personally, I don't believe that that's life. I don't believe that that's living. And that's not what I want to experience in my life. Have I achieved lots of goals? Yeah, I have. Um, but it's not until I started doing the deeper, deeper work on myself that, you know, I started actually understanding life. Yeah. I'm not, no, by no means am I understanding life. I'm just the same as everybody else. I'm freaking mass most days, right? But um, I don't think I would go back to that mentality of the goals, the next goal, the next goal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was thinking as we, you know we were talking about all of this and the work and you know that original focus. I guess it is that masculine energy, focus on goals, as opposed to the more feminine energy of, of feelings and emotions, and yeah. that I'm aware. Obviously, you, you know, you have done your training in trauma, yeah. and as I, as have I, and, and have worked in it, and now I'm trying to choose my words very carefully because I don't want to be critical or judgmental of anybody. But I'm also no. aware that. As the as coaching has come up and trauma has come into coaching and the the work is being done, there's a for me, there's that line between being trauma-informed and doing work from a trauma-informed space, which I would put you and I under that umbrella, and working with trauma full stop. Mm-hmm. And I know that. You know, I was listening recently to a coach, a very well-known coach who does trauma work. Yeah. But I was listening to their language. And the rest of the language, again, my judgment, my opinion was, to me, it was words that would trigger shame. Yeah. So although there might be this work around trauma, it's got to be an all encompassing. It, it has got to come from that place of completely trauma informed, not just in those depth pieces, which people yeah. can be amazing at, but in all the language that we use in from start yeah. to finish. Like I said, it's, it's personal opinion. I'm open to people disagreeing, yeah. but.
1: No, I, I think it's an important conversation. Mm -hmm. It's a really important conversation Over the last few. Well, since I've been in, in the program, I'm in really, I already started pulling away from the coaching world before I enrolled in the program. I'm in intuitively, I was pulling away and I didn't really know why, but then once I enrolled in the program that I'm in, I realized how there are a lot of issues with with the coaching world um and it actually does make me angry it does uh primarily because people are coming to you with a lot of um vulnerability yeah and you i mean again as, as a registered massage therapist in canada in ontario that's where i'm i'm located so anyone that's around here knows that we have extensive training around ethics right And so I've always been uneasy around things anyway. Like when I see things that don't seem ethical, I've always felt uneasy with that because it's just, it's just drummed into us our whole, our whole career as as through school. And as we're practicing, we're we're governed by a body here, right? So we have a, a governing body and it's extremely rigid. And so the ethics piece is so important that I was already uncomfortable, but when I enrolled in this program and really started to see the industry and I'm not calling anybody out. I just think there's, um, there's a lot of issues that we need to take seriously. I'm all for having a business and for being um, proud of it and, and, and putting yourself out there and wanting to do good in the world and things like that. But at the same time, There's a lot that's like really um, concerning and damaging. And I've spoken about this a little bit on my Instagram as well. Not as much as I would probably like to. It's it's starting to come out more. Um, But yes, people are coming to us in different different varying degrees, right, of of vulnerability, depending on where they're at in their lives. People are coming to us oftentimes to change massive things, you know, I have clients that come to me and say, I want to leave my marriage of, of, you know, I said in the beginning of 25 years, someone comes to you with something like that. You have to, you've got to be educated. It's not enough to say you're a coach because you woke up and decided to become a coach, not with things like that. Right. Um, Somebody who, who is maybe Helping somebody lose weight or something like that, like yeah, you maybe don't have to have as much of an education, right? Because you're just you're helping people to change something that's not going to dramatically, possibly, cause such a big wave in their lives, right? But when it comes to big things like that, um, there's there's just no. I don't think there's enough um, people that are legitimately educated. The other thing too, I'm glad you're giving this platform and, I, and, and my voice right now, because I really do feel like my voice wanted to say these things and, and I haven't had a platform to do that on, So I, I appreciate you for that. Um, the other thing that is overlooked is um, social injustices, right? So yes. like in the coaching world, um, this is gonna this is going to step on some toes. I, I understand it is, but a lot of coaches are white women, right? They just are. That's, that's the, that's the demographic. A lot of, a lot of coaches are white women. Mm-hmm. Um, teaching people how to manifest, right? So manifestation is a big, big buzzword. We're going to manifest our dream lives, which I love. I freaking love yeah. that. Like I manifested the shit out of some stuff in my life and I will teach you how to do it. No problem. But you have to be educated on things like social injustice. You have to be educated around real, like reality, reality. Like, cause I was, I, I said, you know, a few moments ago about a black angry woman and a white angry woman, that is a fact, they're different. They're gonna be different. And you can argue with me on that all you want, it's different. Um, and, it, and, and it's the same when, when you're looking at opportunities in the world to manifest your dream life. A black woman and a white woman are gonna have different experiences. A man and a woman are gonna have different experiences. A Jewish person and a Christian person, they're gonna have different experiences. And so one of the problems I see it's not just about being trauma informed and ethics it's it's like be informed about the world like the, the the actual world you know um and i I just grew really i grew really impatient around content like that where people are posting that they made ten thousand m- that month or um you know, the very aggressive kind of content that, that's not taking into consideration people's trauma and backgrounds. I, I just became really sensitive to it and vowed to not do that in, anymore. And I have been probably guilty of that in the past. When I was coaching 2016 to 2017, 18, I probably did some of that unconsciously. And I And sometimes my content comes back up, you know, how Facebook likes to show you, look how messed up you were five years from today. <laughs> Remember? Remember yeah. how immature you were? Um, and it'll probably do that five years from now, too. But Facebook yeah. brings up content that I used to post, and I, I just feel so cringy. Like, oh, I'm so sad that I wrote that. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's become my life life project to not not contribute to that anymore. Um, you know?
0: yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's really interesting that... Obviously, there were... I mean there's loads going on right now in the world mm. um but I do I have always remembered that, that I'm you know on my personal page I'm actually quite vocal when it comes to political and social injustice okay. but the amount of thought that I find myself giving it when I want to share it from this space wow. and my business space and actually how do I share it what's yeah. yeah as a, and as you said you know as, as a white woman of uh you know I'd probably be considered middle class if you're doing it from that perspective there's no avoiding it educated all those other things I know what my personal voice is and yes the personal and the professional should cross over but there is that bit where you start to kind of question where's my yeah where is my professional voice and Mm. owning it and claiming it in a slightly different situation and um you know I'm hands up I am still learning that one and I will absolutely own I will not always get it right I think that's I think that I think you just
1: figured it out i think that's what it is (laughs) i think it's owning that you're not going to get it right but that you're aware i think awareness is huge i think having awareness that you don't really know but you're aware that there's you're aware that there's reasons to have that carefulness care really that to me is a is a lot right the fact that you um you're even concerning that you have to have care in the way that you speak, but that you're, you're still going to speak. You're just going to speak in a mindful, caring way. You're going to give consideration to how it's landing. You're not going to, you're not going to uh, suppress. This is how I look at it, right? You're not going to suppress it. You're not going to contain it. Like, you know what I wrote down here, like don't stop trying to contain me, but you're also going to have the, the care in how it is, how it lands with people. And that's, that's being trauma informed, caring how this lands with you and and watching you. Like when I'm in a a, 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 um, client session, I'm not meek and mild. I mean, I'm sure you know that. Like I'm not meek and mild. It's not that I'm like, Ooh, scared to like, Oh, you might take it wrong. It's that I'm constantly tuning in to how, what your react, what your reaction is. I say things with Care so that I watch how it lands, and if it lands in a way that your body, your face, your response is telling me that's not the way, then I'm gonna go back and say that's not the way, is it? And we're gonna find the next way because yeah. that's that's the one thing that I'm I'm having impatience with around the coaching community, um, and I have awareness right now that I feel scared to even say that because I'm scared I'm gonna get called out, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you're standing up against, but be what it be what it will. Um, that's what I, that's what I have impatience around is the way that content is landing is not having care for the person that is receiving it. So what I've, what I've come to feel in content and I'm an intuitive, right? So I have, I have a deep sense of intuition and I can often feel where things are coming from when people say them. So you can tell me one thing and I know that you're bullshitting. Um, so I see content on Facebook or whatnot, and I, and I realize they are not writing it to to a person. They're writing it for themselves. Like they're writing it to get something or to be seen a certain way, or it's all about the, the, um, what is that called? The appearance, it's how they look. It's what they're coming across as it's their, it's their brand. It's their appearance. It's, it's their whatever with no actual consideration for the person it's landing with right yeah and i and i think honestly truly i think that's the difference it's 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 having care for how something lands so you can be bold you can be real you can be raw i'm all of those things like if someone comes to me in my personal life and i got something to tell you because I i'm gonna call you out i'm still gonna do it but i also have a care in me for how it lands with the person and if i see it's not landing in a way, or if it's landing in a way that's causing them trauma, then I'm going to retract or I'm going to change. I'm going to shift it. But yeah. there's just not a lot of that. And I, and I do think it's because most of the, most of the coaches are overnight coaches, right. Or they're coaches because it's cool to be a coach and there's no education about people, how the mind works, psychology, SOMA,
0: Healing, none of it. Well, I was gonna say, I think, you know, there's also a a lot of coaches that are amazing coaches, oh, yes. but again, we come but potentially come from sort of the more business field, and we are back mm-hmm. to you know, trauma-informed coaching being a new field. You know, there are one or two big proponents out there, but it's not yeah. covered by so much of the training right now so yeah and and I'm aware we could carry on for a long time (laughs) on this yeah um but I loved the way you summed it up about having the care of how it lands and I'm like actually for me that's pretty much trauma informed as well it's like it's what you do in session it's how you use your language throughout it's always having that awareness of what's It might hit. And I know you can't be responsible for it hitting everybody. No. But at no. least having the awareness in the first place. I think it's about,
1: it's also just to add to that quickly, it, it's about realizing you're there for the person, not for your own agenda, right? And so if you're there for the person, then you also have to realize that um, they're the ones guiding it. Like they're the ones guiding the session, they're the ones that are going to do something with that information. And so it becomes your job to watch them versus like the so in your own
0: stuff. No, absolutely. In service. Yeah, yeah, truly. Yeah. Again, there's probably a whole other hour of conversation we could slip into. But um Katie, before we finish, is there anything else that you'd like to say?
1: Ooh, um never ask me that. <laughs> That. I don't think so. I'm 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 grateful for this opportunity to sit and talk with you because I ha- I mean I've wanted to I've wanted to get back into being heard. Um because I did take quite a big sabbatical from letting my voice be out there. And the, the topics that we touched on today, I want you to know and I want your audience to know that, that it, they they were topics that I've wanted to be heard in me for quite some time. So I'm grateful for the platform. I'm grateful for what you're doing, and I'm I'm super honored that you thought I could add to it. Um, yeah, so just just thank you for for that opportunity.
0: Thank you so much. And yes, I know how uh, how important. I mean, the, how important the topics are to me as well. But obviously, yeah. that knowing these are shared topics, we will obviously have your your bio, how people can contact you, find out more about you. Um, because I'm aware that you know you've spoken about your your massage therapist and and somatic coach self um, you've kept your voice very quiet (laughs) (laughs) and and the fact that you have a beautiful voice Um, so they'll be able to even pick up that if they want to awesome thank you thank you everybody and see you next time Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed yet another soulful conversation. To find out more about my work, how to connect with me, check out the notes below. Don't forget to subscribe and follow and I look forward to you joining me next time.